stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's stock strategist, Dave Bartosiak, who is also the editor of the Blockchain Innovators and the Surprise Trader portfolios here at Zach's to talk about a very timely discussion on when to sell your winning stocks. I have recently covered a couple of months ago when you might want to sell your losing stocks, but this is a whole nother side of it. And it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? You have some big winners. But this could be a little tricky, too, on when to keep holding them, when should you cash them in, uh, what's going on there. And I invited Dave on specifically for this show because in the blockchain portfolio, he has two huge winners in there. He has NVIDIA, which he bought in 20, was it 2019? 2019. And he has uh, AMD which he bought in 2018. So NVIDIA in that portfolio is up 1,340% now, and AMD is up 951% since its 2018 edition. And so obviously Dave hasn't sold either one of those. They're still in the portfolio, but I'm sure there's some strategy behind that and why he's still in them. And this would maybe help the rest of us try to determine when should we cash in a big winning stock? When should we continue to hold it? Uh, maybe we should add more to it. What what should we do? So welcome to the podcast, Dave. Well, thanks. And you forgot Camtech, which is up almost a thousand percent too. But that's Oh okay. my gosh. I left off that one because it's not as well known as the other two. <laughs> But it, it is like an interesting problem, if you want to call that, to have, right? Like you have these huge winners in there. We did have a sell-off in 2022 in many of them. So people wrote out the sell-off. Now they're busting out to new highs. And some people might be in stocks that aren't even kind of these old stalwarts. You know, they're not the Magnificent Seven or the or a tech stock. Maybe they're in some other area. Um, like even McDonald's, that's been hitting new highs. What if you've owned that for a while and have like huge gains in it? Should you should you be getting out? Like what should you do? So I did want to talk about some of your big winners in there, Dave. Like Nvidia, a lot of people own Nvidia. It's been on this tear um, since the whole AI thing kind of busted out. Um, even before that, obviously, too, but it's gone to a new level now, I want to say. And so what what should an investor do about a stock like NVIDIA? So I think one of the best tools that we have available for us is our Zach's Rank, right? And, and it's not just a Zach's Rank, it's just because we track, you know, analyst estimates all over Wall Street. So with our price consensus and EPS surprise chart on Zax.com, it's kind of one of my favorite things on earth because you can see earnings estimates develop over time and you can see the, the price relative to those earnings estimates over time. And in a perfect world, you find a stock where earnings are continuing to creep up. So that, that chart goes bottom left to top right. And we'll look at that in a little bit um, while, while the price moves along with it. And then when there's divergence between the two with 
earnings going to the upside, the stock coming down. Those are really your buying opportunities. Um, and then on the flip side, if you know the stock goes crazy and earnings haven't quite caught up, that's when you got to be a little bit more cautious. But I, and I think you know at the center of this discussion has to be earnings and what you feel personally about the the future prospects of whatever company you're in, whatever industry you're in. Uh, and if you are bullish on those prospects, then that's a stock that you stick with. If it's uh, a stock that maybe you used to be bullish on, but now all of a sudden you realize maybe you were wrong, um, then those are the type of ones that, that you want to look at, you know, getting out and looking for something else. So I know that is a gross oversimplification, but that's just the intro to the podcast, right? So right, we, can, right. <laughs> we can start to uh, dig in uh, a little further. So I guess the first part I want to I want to pull up Zax.com, and that is our you know that, that price consensus and EPS surprise chart I was talking about. And if you look at Nvidia uh, over the course of the last five years, all of these charts that we have for the price consensus and the EPS surprise go back five years. Uh, you get a ton of information from a very small, succinct area. So you get these multicolored lines, which represent the evolution of our Zacks consensus estimates over time. Then you get these little green arrows, which are earnings beats, red arrows, which are earnings misses. The good companies are going to have lots of green arrows. They don't have to be big green arrows. They'd be little green arrows, but they do a good job of managing the expectations of the analysts on Wall Street. Um, and they sort of, you know, ratchet up. You want to avoid these stocks that have these huge over promises and under deliverers, under deliverances. I don't know how you would even say that in a cool way. Um, but, you know, they start really high. They tell you, oh, we're going to have this huge growth. And then throughout the course of the year, they consistently ratchet down. That's not a good sign. So you want to see the opposite. So in NVIDIA, I saw, you know, a ton of growth in these estimates moving throughout the course of, you know, 19, 20, 21. Uh, and then things did get a little bit rocky. But from my perspective, because I had such a big cushion in the shares, I didn't want to try to be the market timer and, you know, get out and then find the perfect bottom and get back in um, on NVIDIA because it's, you know, frankly, it's just it's impossible to do that. Now, what you can do is you can use certain technical aspects on a chart to influence your action. And then that's a nice little like overlay of the technicals and the fundamentals. Um, but I, I think in, in the long run, you are better off just kind of, you know, sticking with the company you're bullish on and, and, and rocking with it. And so I, I have a couple of sort of real world examples outside of the NVIDIA. It's just like anecdotal evidence. So in a prior life, I had, uh, I had a client and um, it was just this little old lady. And she brought me this folder full of uh, stock certificates and we're looking through them. And this is like, you know, late 2000s. So right around great recession time. And uh, she's got a hundred shares of stock she bought in 1986 um, with a logo that looked really weird. I hadn't seen it before. It was very plain M-I-C-R-O-S-O-F-T. So at the time that hundred shares, which cost her, I think she said 2400 bucks when she first bought them. Um, that, at, at the time, that 100 shares was 14,400 shares. And the stock was at like 30 at the time, right? So imagine if she probably still has it. I mean, hopefully she's still around. Um, but the point is that, you know, you find companies that you really like. And if you're investing for the long term, 
you stick with something that's not going to be one of these fly-by-night things, right? You find themes that you think are going to be generational, and you stick with really solid companies that are that are do- delivering that. So I talk about this a lot in blockchain innovators. If I were to rip every stock that went up 100%, I would never have a 1,000% winner or a 1,300% winner, right? But we had that recently. Um a little bit of egg on the face, maybe. I don't know. I, I can, There's two names that I had that have gone up a lot that we ended up giving a lot back. So the the first is, is one of these recent you know crypto miners because those all went crazy uh, heading into the approval of the Bitcoin ETF, the spot Bitcoin ETF. And I had a stock that doubled in like three or four weeks. Now the trader in me said, you know, rip it, move on to the next one. But on the investor side, you go, okay, good. So now I have a cushion and I'm not you know too worried about it. it if if you're if you want to take risk off the table, you know, for long term investors, that's an opportunity to do that. But you got to realize if you do that, you're also you know, that's a short term taxable event. Right. So it depends on. So you start to get these levels of complexity that you need to talk to the experts about. Right. So in, in general, again, it's it's it goes a little bit back to like the, the Peter Lynch thing of like buying what you know and sort of sort of sticking with it. Right. Um, so with with the tools at Zax.com, you know, you can use these uh, price consensus EPS surprise to make sure that the stock you're in has some staying power, right? So NVIDIA, if you take a look at their chart, looks like staying power to me. These estimates are continuing to move to the upside. That's a good thing, right? Now, how long will that last for? Who knows? But we don't have to know, which is the fun part, right? Right. Now, you did mention um, the Zach's rank and that you do look at that. Um, for some of these that you've owned for years, because the rank is a short-term recommendation of just one to three months, when it drops to like a four or a five, I don't know if NVIDIA got to a five in 2022. I don't remember if it did, but a lot of the big tech titans did go to number fives, and that just indicated that the analysts were cutting those earnings estimates because that's what that means. So do, do you follow the Zach's rank on these positions you've had for years, or do you see that it's a four or five, which is the cells and the strong cells, and then go dig deeper to see what is actually happening with the earnings? Yeah, I think the... And, and even... I, I, I bet you Len would even admit that the Zach's rank on the, the sell and the strong sell side is a bit of a misnomer. It's not necessarily a full stop, you know, whatever you're doing, bail out of this thing, just go away. It's a warning. It's telling you, hey, right now, these earnings are starting to move in the wrong direction, and you got to recognize why that's taking place. So it's, it's, if you have a portfolio full of stocks and you see it went to a four or a five, do some digging and find out what the heck is going on with your stock. Now, if it's a short-term kind of thing, especially with earnings, right, they could be doing you know, a multitude of things. It could just be transitioning to a new business that's coming. It could be a cyclical thing. Is it cyclical or is it structural? That's what you got to think of when you're looking at your stock and it's a four or a five. Uh, that's one of the things that could cause you to lose the confidence because the stock could be going up. It could drop to a number four and then you're going, oh, wait, why is this dropping? Why are these estimates moving down? And if the reason is, oh, it's because it's Peloton and not everybody's at home anymore on their bikes, right? Um, 
you know, then, then there's caution there. But if it's, well, they're ramping up for the next generation of chips that are coming out, well, then that's a completely different story, right? So, but that just stresses the importance of that Zach's rank. Um, that you, it's it's a constant sort of barometer of where those earnings are relative to the rest of the market, and it's something you need to be aware of at all times. But it doesn't necessarily mean that on a huge winner, you need to just go ahead and pull the ripcord immediately. But also, if you're looking to get into a new position and it's a four or it's a five, then you got to ask yourself, okay, why why am I in here? Why do I think I'm smarter than Wall Street? And that, you know, suddenly these, this is going to turn around. So, so it's, it's a great tool, I think, as your first sort of, well, for me, it's like it gathers all the fundamentals for you and then shows it to you in an easily accessible sort of manner, which then you could decide if you're going to dig in further to or not. But at the surface, it's, it's, it's a great tool. Now, speaking of, it's good that you brought up the point about whether or not it's structural or cyclical. Um, on the cyclical side, the chip stocks have been known to be cyclical <laughs> over the years. So what does AMD's chart look like compared to this NVIDIA chart? Is it is it showing the cycles in there? Because I know they used to. Okay. Um, yeah. So on um, with, with NVIDIA, I mean, with uh, AMD, remember what I said about that over-promise, under-deliver part? Yeah. Uh, so you get a little bit of that with AMD. And we've seen that through the years. Uh, where it kind of ticks up and then the rest of the year we're coming on down. That actually happened this year, where early in 2023, you had these really high estimates coming from analysts, not just for this year, but for 2024, 2025. And they crept down a little bit. Uh, I will say sort of after that October report, where you get a decent surprise and where the stock really started to take off, you've seen estimates start to tick up a little bit. But they still haven't really broken, you know, if I was drawing this as a chart, I'd have, you know, a trend line down across the top of this earnings. And then you would see that it hasn't quite broken that trend line yet. So you're still a little bit cautious. So with AMD, I would like to see these earnings start to round back out to the upside to help support that price movement higher. Okay. Um, what about a stock that isn't you know, one of these kind of bigger names, but is caught up in the AI madness. And I'm thinking like uh, Super Micro Computers, which is in one of the Zach's portfolios right now in the tech innovators, I believe. And that one I keep seeing on Twitter and stock twits, people calling it parabolic and, you know, that it's it's never going to hold these levels. But the stock continues to go up. And over just the last year, it's up 570 percent now in one year. So what if you had managed to just kind of be in this a year ago when the AI thing busted out and you're like, hey, this is kind of AI related. I'm going to buy it. And you haven't sold it yet. And now you're sitting on this super huge gain in one year's time. Uh, what what do I do with something like this? Sure. So um, a, a couple of things, you know, let's let's go back to that price consensus and EPS surprise chart. Right. And and what are we seeing? Well, we're seeing, yes, the stock has gone absolutely bananas. Right. We're up at 500 bucks when this was at 50 in the middle of 2022. But what have the earnings estimates done? Well, earnings estimates were down, you know, seven bucks for uh, 2023, and they they finished that year up over ten. 
And now 2024's numbers, you know, have crept up from also 10 to now they're over 16. So these numbers are all moving in the right direction. You can see that easier if you look at the detailed estimates page, because um, you can see the uh, the evolution of these these uh, earnings estimates over the course of the last 90 days. So it doesn't go as far as that price consensus CPS surprise chart, but you still get it. So from 15 bucks up to 16.78 just over the course of the last 90 days. Uh, next year from 17.98 up to 19.13. Uh, 42% EPS growth this year, 53% revenue growth this year. Next year is when things start to ease off a little bit. So that's kind of where the concern is, is when does the market start looking out towards, you know, 2025 versus just what's happening right now. Um, but it's it's easy to get nervous when a stock just, I mean, you were talking about how it's gone up, you know, 500%. But what about what it's done since, you know, the last two weeks, <laughs> I mean, the stock right. was 300 bucks on uh, Thursday, January 18th. And, uh, you know, it popped up over 550. It's given a little bit back now at 5, 515 and change. So um, it's, it's another one of those things is, is do you want to be, um, you know, do you want to be a long-term winner in a stock that you believe is, is going to provide those results and live up to the hype? Or are you just trying to get your money and run? So when I see a supportive sort of price consensus and EPS surprise chart, it tells me maybe you can, you know, you can stick around for for the long term. But looking at it every day, you're going to go absolutely crazy. Um, you just will. Yeah. Isn't this one of those, I always kind of call these lottery ticket stocks. Like you kind of just had to get lucky to be in it a year ago. You took a chance and then... It, it now is basically like winning the lottery in a way. Yeah, maybe, but, um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to sort of, when you see that early 2021 and these estimates are really ramping up, uh, you know, maybe the move from 38 to a hundred certainly doesn't feel like a lottery because those estimates, you know, doubled or quadrupled in some cases. Um, so yeah, I mean, sure. There's a little bit of luck involved, but, um, the in, in this case, the estimates are there to to at least substantiate some of the move. It's not like, but you do get these, you know, totally hype stocks that will spike up out of nowhere and be up for a few days and then and then come crumbling down to earth in those situations where I mean, early on in the AI boom, there were only so many names in that space you could invest in. So everybody was buying everything in that space to gain exposure to it in the early days. And then once more of these names come to the market, that money gets spread across, you know, more um, investment vehicles and, and it makes it harder for that little one to pop up. Right. So I, 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 one way, like I said, to differentiate between, you know, is this just a spike up or is this something that could be sustainable in the long run is really looking at those at those earnings. Okay. What about a stock that's just been grinding higher, like throughout the pandemic? And there's a number of name brand kind of big stocks like this, but one of them is Decker's ticker D E C K, which is owns Uggs. And that's always been a hot brand, but now it has Hoka, the shoe brand, and that's been taken off. So, um, you know, something like this, it keeps hitting new highs. Its valuation's a little bit higher than it has been historically, but um, I know you just put up the price and consensus chart on that one too. And that is 
looks like an awesome chart. So what about a long-term investor in something like this? I feel like uh, someone who has been in this, say, like even during the pandemic or pre-pandemic is probably likely to keep holding on onto something like this. Yeah. I mean, because again, you'd have to start looking at at valuations and but the thing is the more you're gonna the more you look at on something you're up like this the more you're gonna look for a reason to sell it um you know versus and then like like i said you'll never have that 10 bagger because you'll be up you know twice you'll see the pe is stretched and then you'll you know freak out you know it's the same reason like these, these uh these perma bears that sit on the sideline and tell us that recession is coming and the sky is falling and miss the entire breakout to all-time highs again and then we'll wait till the market rolls over and then say, ha, I told you so. Right. Um, you should just just have a little faith, uh, have faith in the company you're in, have faith in the uh, the economy and the U.S. stock market and uh, and know that the long term potential is going to be there. And as long as earnings are going to back it up, you know, you, you you can you can stick with these with these plays. Yeah. What do you think of a, a price and consensus chart that looks like this one for Deckers? Like this is always my favorite just because it's just so consistent, the earnings growth year after year. And they basically, it looks like from a chart like this, that they are giving good guidance to the analysts. Like this is what we're going to do for next year. And the analysts just go with it and then they do do it. Yeah. You see the steady stair step upwards and point out kind of this, you know, 2022 mid 2022 area when the stock slides but these earnings maybe took down a little bit but start to tick back up that's that divergence i was telling you about divergence between the earnings and then what the stock is doing and those end up being those those buying opportunities where you could go ahead and add to a stock like this knowing that hey these earnings are consistent eventually the rubber is going to meet the road and this thing's going to catch back up yeah, I do kind of kick myself on Deckers because I I've watched it for years and I was watching it in 2022 on that on that slide as the shares got cheaper and I thought it would get a little bit cheaper. I did get a little greedy in there. So I did not buy it for the value investor portfolio and that was my chance <laughs> basically. I mean, let's look May 2022. Why don't we why don't we pull up like a technical chart and see what was happening, right? So back May 2022, you have a stock that's beneath not only its 200-day moving average, but also beneath that 50-day moving average, right? From a technical standpoint, um, what you want to do is, you know, wait for this to sort of unwind. And then when this pushes back up that 50-day and has a retrace, you know, a little retest, that's when you end up wanting to buy. So from a technical perspective, this sort of next earnings report would have been kind of a green light to get back into it. Uh, but... Again, so so I'm I'm highlighting like 280 on this chart, right? Well, we'll look at all these other areas you could have added below 280, and still came out like a bandit, right? Um, because if you're buying when that earnings divergence is happening, and you're just sort of blindly investing into it, you say it doesn't matter. I know it's going to turn around. That's who gets rewarded. Now, if you're looking at a picture where earnings are moving straight down and you think that earnings are going to turn around and, and you're just throwing money at it and it's continually going down and you're watching your Zach's rank number five stock get lower and lower and lower. That's when you know you've, uh, you've done, you've done some wrong, right? It's because you got to follow these, these earnings trends. Um, another one that I recently got asked about was United Rentals, ticker URI. So they are the largest uh, rental 
um, equipment rental company, I think in the world now, but certainly in North America. And that one has also is at new highs. It's up about 50% in the last year. And I've had some people who've owned it a number of years, maybe even longer than five years now asking me like, should I get out of this? But they're not asking the questions that you just said. They're not looking at the earnings and, you know, other things with the company. They're just kind of concerned that it might seem stretched here. Sure. And and this stock seems like it has a tendency to sort of chop around, right? They have lots of pullbacks that happen, you know, lots of sort of up and down. Um, and if you see this earnings trend developing since early 2023, it's not really in the right direction, right? I look at the detailed estimates page, it's only 4% growth on the sales side, 2.89 for next year. And then, you know, the, uh, the corresponding EPS. So um, if I'm looking at United Rentals versus a company with 40% growth, I, I think I prefer the 40% growth unless um, I don't even, um, I don't even know if these guys are paying you a, a nice dividend or not to stick around. They do pay there. a dividend now. They, yeah, they did not for many years, but they have, they have started one. I'm not sure what the yield is though. Yeah. So that has a little something to do with it, but um, you know, then you're going to temper your expectations for what's going to happen in the future of the stock like that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, notice the difference. Like I said, the main difference is just that these estimates have kind of rolled over um, versus supporting that action higher. Okay. So um, are there any other stocks that you feel like are a good example or could show before we wrap up? Or I mean, there's, um, wow, I mean, there's there's so many. How about we look at, I know. I mean, while we're here, I guess we, we'll have to look at one of our MAG-7s. Uh-oh. Struggling. Well, this is an interesting one because it's not hitting the new highs, but people could have a big winner in it for sure. Absolutely. Um, and if you notice, I mean, does it come as a surprise that these estimates are ticking lower on Tesla while the stock is dropping around and struggling, right? Eventually, you know, quarter to quarter, what happens that specific time maybe isn't, the, you know, the be all end all for a stock, right? I mean, we saw this for how many it feels like decades with Amazon where we were only concerned about the revenue number. We really didn't care about the EPS side of things. Um, well, with, with here, with Tesla, I think we've, we've started to sort of turn the corner where investors are expecting to see the EPS being delivered. Um, so when, when, you know, there's some downside action in these estimates, it's affecting, it's affecting the stock. So again, Tesla, probably the single most controversial stock, I would say, over the course of the last five, 10 years, uh, you get the two extremes of like the most bearish and the most bullish. Um, you know, I th- the, the bull case is, is alive and well, I think where it's, Hey, it's not just cars. It's, it's a complete full self-driving and energy infrastructure. That's going to happen. You know, just you wait. Um, so that that's, what's keeping the faith with the, you know, the long-term bulls there. And then the reason why it's not at $600 a share right now is because Wall Street's looking at the estimates and saying, yeah, but you're not delivering today. So uh, it's, it's, they're beginning to lose patience a little bit, I think, for the the um, the expectations of the future uh, because of what they're seeing today. Plus, you have a lot of other different places you could put money where you're, you're getting some nice returns um, and, and you're participating in growth today versus, uh, you know, the idea tomorrow that it takes over the world. Yeah. So... 
Do you prescribe at all to the um, method of just taking some of your profit off? Because there's there's nothing that says you have to sell your entire position in Tesla, but maybe you sell you know ten percent, twenty percent because that makes you feel better that you've locked in some of the gains you have, and you can redeploy that into some other positions, but keep the rest of it sitting there. At at a certain stage of the game, you know, if you have if you started off with 10 stocks that were worth 10% of your portfolio, and now all of a sudden you have two stocks that are worth 50% of your portfolio, um, that's kind of a natural reaction to have um, where you're going to sell out of those. Um, but, you know, the whole point is to let the winners run and to cut the losers short. So you're actually kind of doing the opposite. Of, uh, you know, I mean, it's it makes you feel better, sure. But uh, in, in the long run, you know, now, now granted in, in surprise trader, um, typically when a stock pops 10%, I'll take half of it. Uh, but surprise trader and blockchain innovators are two completely different worlds, right? Uh, I'm not, these aren't long-term names that I want to stick with. These are like, okay, it moved. I'd, maybe this is a good chance to take some risk off the table. So it's kind of different philosophies in general. Um, but for, for your, your longer term investors, um, you know, there's just so, I think it depends on what stage of life you're into. I know that sounds like such a weird thing to say, but if you're a retired person, right. And there's no more money in, that's going to be going into investments. You're going to treat your money differently from a younger person who knows there's money continually being poured into investments. So why am I pulling out of a winning investment? Cause it's winning. Um, you know, even though I have more money coming in, you know, it's, I don't think it makes as much sense for, for those types of people. Okay. That's some good advice. All right. So I hope some people got a little bit of help with what they should be doing right now with their big winners and congrats to them on having these big winners and sticking with them through the 2022 downturn, because a lot of the big winners did, you know, fall back, including stocks like Decker's. And so you had a you had to stay in through all that, but your patience has been rewarded with this dilemma of what to do with all your big winnings now. Um, but that's always, you know, it is the hardest thing I feel in stocks is when to sell either the winners, the losers any of it. So it's always good to have these kinds of shows to uh, just talk about it. And, you know, I know it helped me to see some of these charts. If you want to see the charts and you're listening to this on the podcast, you can go over to zax.com slash YouTube to our YouTube channel. And this podcast will be uploaded as a video there. So you'll be able to see all the charts there. Um, but let me recap the stock tickers we talked about again. Of course, there was NVIDIA, NVDA, uh, Advanced Micro Devices is AMD. We talked about the parabolic super microcomputers, which is S as in Sam, as M as in Mary, C as in Cat, I, S-M-C-I. Then we talked about Deckers, which is UG and Hoka, ticker D-E-C-K, and United Rentals on the construction side, ticker U-R-I, and then Tesla there at the end, which is also a very interesting chart right now, ticker Tess. T as in Tom, S as in Sam, L-A, T-S-L-A. And as always, you can get the podcasts of 
all the Market Edge podcasts on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. But be sure to get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.